This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. I'd like to talk about the ongoing dispute between the National Football League and its players. I think it's reached a very interesting stage that would be interesting to law students, people who are interested in becoming lawyers, as well as perhaps you know, lawyers themselves. Uh, we all know, obviously, that there has been a bargaining dispute that the NFLPA, the National Football League Players Association, has voted to decertify, thus claiming there is no longer a bargaining relationship between itself and the National Football League, and that it has filed an antitrust suit in the District of Minnesota. The National Football League also filed unfair labor practice charges with the National Labor Relations Board, claiming that the union had failed to bargain in good faith, thus making its so-called decertification a sham. I'm not getting into the individual merits of either the antitrust claim or the refusal to bargain claim today. Rather, I wanted to talk about the particular posture that the case is now in in the district court in Minnesota. The player's complaint includes a prayer for injunctive relief that would, if granted, preclude the owners from continuing their lockouts. The owners yesterday filed an opposition to that request and raised some very interesting and ironic legal issues that I wanted to address. The first claim that the owners have raised is that the district court is barred from granting injunctive relief by what is known as the Norris LaGuardia Act. Now, ironically, the Norris LaGuardia Act was passed in 1929 and was basically designed to get the federal courts out of the labor injunction business because they had been using so-called labor injunctions as a tool of union busting. The statute is very broadly written and it has a very broad definition of the term labor dispute. And what's ironic in this case is that a statute which was designed and intended to preclude the courts from being involved in union busting is in effect now being used to have the courts become a union unbuster. And of course, the reason that the League wants the union unbusted in this case is that it wants to preserve the so-called antitrust immunity. So here, uh, and this is more for law students and upcoming lawyers, you know, we have this labor dispute, and at the threshold, we have an issue of what constitutes the appropriate jurisdiction of the federal district courts. Next, law students know, and upcoming law students will hear, this, the case topic, the topic of administrative law, sometimes deemed boring. Well, administrative law has come to life. The NFL owners, in their request to the district court, have asked the district court to stay its proceedings until the National Labor Relations Board determines whether or not to issue a complaint after investigating the owner's refusal to bargain a bad faith bargaining charge. Their claim is, and this is correct, that the board has so-called primary and exclusive jurisdiction to interpret the National Labor Relations Act, and that since the board's determination as to whether or not the union was or was not engaged in bad faith bargaining would then have an effect on the ultimate validity of the decertification, they're basically saying that the district court can't rule until the NLRB does. Now, I think that there are arguments to be made both ways here, both on the merits of uh, the owner's charge 
and on their claim that, in fact, the primary jurisdiction of the board trumps the applicability of the Sherman and Clayton Acts, which govern antitrust. But it's a very interesting argument, and from the point of view of a judge who you know, might like to be someplace else other than in the middle of this case, this particular argument enables the judge, if you will, pardon the pun, to drop ten and kick. Uh, and so while it may not be the strongest legal argument, it may be one that appeals to the district court judge to whom the case has been assigned. The third point that they raise, you know, it takes us sort of back to the beginning, which is that they claim that there is still a bargaining relationship in effect because the decertification is invalid. And because the decertification is invalid, the dealings between the owners and the players are still governed by the so-called non-statutory labor exemption. This is probably the weakest of the three arguments, but it does, in fact, point out one of the ironies of of this entire situation, which is that historically, um, really prior to the Norris-LaGuardia Act and certainly to the 1935 enactment of the National Labor Relations Act, the antitrust laws were a weapon against organized labor. In this particular case, what the NFL is really saying, in effect, is that we can't live without the antitrust labor exemption. Therefore, we can't live without the union, because having a bargaining relationship with the union is the only way to create the non-statutory labor exemption that's so necessary to our existence. In part, this is because the owners don't trust each other. They don't trust each other to conduct their businesses in a rational way. And you could look at Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder as two um, walking examples of why they can't do that. And so we have this particular case in a very interesting posture, and I think what it really shows to both law students and and -and up-and-coming lawyers is that there's no such thing as an antitrust case. There's no such thing as a labor case. There's no such thing as an administrative law case. But what there is is a case, you know, that involves questions of civil procedure, involves questions of federal jurisdiction, administrative law, labor law, and the antitrust laws. And that's what makes this case, I think, an excellent teaching and learning opportunity. I am Professor Mark Greenbaum. I'm a full professor of law at Suffolk University Law School. Should you wish to find out more about my background, my scholarly interests, my publications, or other professional activities, I would welcome you to consult my webpage, which you can access by clicking on the uh, faculty directory tab on our webpage. Thank you. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.